This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Is that my camera? My name's Keen. If you ain't scared of me, Miss Thing, you better be. I'm James. <laughs> and welcome back to Sissy That Pod. It's All Star Seven time. It's all winners. It's what the fans have been dreaming of. And is it a dream come true? I mean, yeah, I think it is. You know, I think for, so too. I mean, early stages. Let's not get too excited. We've seen this before, where the doors have opened to something wonderful, and then promises haven't been delivered later in the season. Mm. But based on these first two episodes, I'm here for it. I am here I- for it. I'm here for it. I'm parked. I've taken out my little picnic basket and I'm ready for a show. (laughs) It's just the two of us this week uh, because we have two episodes to cover. We thought it'd be easier. We did book a guest for the first episode and they cancelled on us. So we said, fuck it, let's just do the two of them. Keep it family. Keep it family and friends. Let's not name and shame. Let's let's, Let's let's not hang there. Uh, Avid listener of the pod, no date. They'll be absolutely mortified that they're after being called out (laughs) to this extent. That's it. Yeah, we're 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 coming for you, but we're not bringing receipts. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna set to Misha man. On you yeah, man. absolutely. Nobody wants shaken that. to their very foundations, no doubt. <laughs> uh, so let's get on with the show. Currently on the workroom, which is the Sissy That Pod premium feed, we are covering Drag Race España. Yeah, I mean, another another series that has has given so much and been such a, an absolute like top tier Drag Race franchise. You want to get over and hear us talking about it. We're we're down we're down, we're into the we're into the last leg of this competition as well. Like there is two weeks left before we get our second Drag Race España queen. And if you were keeping up with the photographs coming out of DragCon over the last couple of weeks, you'll see how stunning Carmen Ferrala was looking. And you know the standard was set high for those Spanish queens. Yeah, absolutely. So maybe if you were a bit fatigued after Drag Race 14 and All Star 7 has give you that joie de vivre that you needed and you want to go back and listen to uh, Start Hispani if you haven't done so already, we've got an episode covering each uh, uh, episode in the workroom waiting for your gorgeous little ears. Mm. And coming up, when we're finished that, we'll be doing a portrait of an All Star, a spotlight of an All Star. So all of the contestants on All Star 7. Portrait of an All Star. I love it. Yeah. Portrait of an All Star. <laughs> Mm. each of the contestants will be taking uh, a look at their career outside of drag race inside of drag race just to give a bit of background to the people we're currently seeing on tv so if you want to sign up head over to headsofpodcast.com it's five euro a month you'll get all that bonus feed all the bonus content from the fat from the past and all the bonus content from all the other podcasts on our network it's a bargain you can't go wrong Right, so the episode opens up with the entrances. Um, any of the entrance looks that you particularly like? I guess we'd seen these a while ago, so yeah, the whole this has been a he- heavily, much. heavily teased um, mm. opening opening segment. We got the the entrance looks back when we got to meet the queens. Then yeah. we had the renewed interest when we got the sort of fifteen minute pre teaser thingy earlier in the week with the who's the girl in the hat. Um, sort of. Who did you think the girl in the hat was? Oh, I mean, I knew it wasn't going to be another queen to be in the competition because they've been doing so much heavy promo for it, and it would be unfair 
on a on an additional contestant to not uh, not get that sort of visibility as well. I was hoping against hope against hope against hope that it was Priyanka, but it really made sense that it was Raven. Also, the the person clearly had white hands. So I was doing I was a, a lot Priyanka. of I was doing a lot of selective optics. I was looking yeah. at the color. I was looking at the color of those tights and thinking, mm, "Yeah, but and that midriff as well. Like that was a bronzed midriff. Yeah, but very white hands. I, I yeah. guess it ties back to Raven's blackfishing accusations, kind of again the way yeah, it's like yeah. they were so racially ambiguous to a certain degree but in in uh, terms of the actual entrance looks i don't think any of them like super gagged me i think that for me uh raja was probably the most exciting uh, mm. visually um but the rest of them i was like i also loved jada's i thought jada's was gorgeous that biker jacket all studded beautiful and uh, but they all looked stunning but no one kind of like absolutely blew me away the Evie's uh, I was kind of cringing for Evie's hair that was tragic I thought it was like uh, up mm. and down like an elevator I mean also like you have to be able to hear feel that like that you would feel that sort of like waist change as the hair was yeah. popping up and down so you'd want to be like pushing it back though by the end of the the intro session like her hair was like 17 pointing 17 different directions oh when she had to do the walkway for Naomi Campbell like it was a mess it was all over the place it was like a sort of nest of yeah. just of brillo cream it was all <laughs> yeah and i was just great to see them interact with each other and stuff like that i i didn't get any element of surprise from any of them i think they all knew exactly who was going to be there and they the only thing they were slightly surprised about was what they were wearing yeah i i got the impression like i mean the i think the only surprise was the, the that addition that like extra person walking in you could tell that they were generally all very surprised about mm. about that like trick and that gag and i thought it was very funny i like sometimes when when drag race tries to do that bit of shtick i find it to be like a bit painful to watch but like i genuinely re- yeah but i re- genuinely really enjoyed the the little raven interlude I thought it, it was, was really well fun. done it fed like it caused a frenzy online and i mean that's it absolutely hit the brief and like they didn't like after the outbreak you turn like that person turns around you could see raven's bottom lip and you're like okay that's that's clearly yeah. raven but I, like they they held on to the joke for a while and there was actually part of me that was like oh god maybe she actually is competing because i mean i would say that'd be fair like you know tires cancelled she's there for the substitution i, I have to say that like so there's there's a um conspiracy theorist that lives within all of us some of us focus on 911 mm-hmm. other of us focus on drag race i focus on drag race so i very much feel like that was rue kind of almost crowning raven the winner of season 2 like, I feel like that was Rue saying, kind of like, you know, kind of acknowledging Raven's place in the in, in mm. the, the canon of winners. And even though she isn't participating in this series and also like who would do Rue's makeup if Raven were to, to, to mm. no longer be part of it. It is kind of that sense, because even if you watch the like little sort of clip package that, that that Raven got when like it was supposed to be that they were in the competition, like you you had Chad winning all stars, but there was no visual of tyra at all it was just mm. you didn't win this why so I, I in my mind like to believe that this was kind of like a a a passing of that crown to to raven um and, and yeah because think... she's kind of seen like as uh, as at the same level as some of the winners because as jada pointed know. out she, she won an emmy 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, because, you know, we see her so often in Voto Fashion Review. She's come second both times. She stays relevant by coming onto the show so often and giving this expert advice. And the queens freak out when they see her. And, you know, she kind of has that status, even though she is has technically yeah. not won. And like she, I mean, by virtue of the fact that she travels with Rue in order to, to do the makeup, you know, she pops up on the international franchises that mm. Rue is. So she's like one of the most well-versed queens in terms of being present in, like, I think she did a walkthrough in, in UK in two of the seasons. Yeah. And I believe, did, I, feel three, like she, I feel like she popped up in, 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 in Down Under as well, or like was. Oh, uh, you're right. In, in the first season, she just arrived on a car. Remember yeah. she didn't do anything But then she did a walk through In season 2 and season 3 I'm pretty sure Yeah And I feel I feel like we saw her At some point in In In, in, in Down Under as well I yeah, could be maybe. completely wrong I on can't that. remember But anyway It's like she She very much is like Such a central part of the franchise With the fashion photo review With the The fact she does Rue's makeup And then I think This was kind of a, a nice moment For her to get that acknowledgement Because I suppose Now that she's behind the camera Her drag Is probably kind of secondary um, mm. And I, to be honest with you, for the brief moment that I got taken in by this ruse, 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 yes. I did think I'm excited to see how this goes. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited. I was actually like, Do you know what? I'm I'm impressed that the spoilers didn't pick up on this. I was like, wow, you've actually surprised me. And then the shtick happened. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I was disappointed. But I would have loved to see her compete. And like, I'm really getting the vibe. And maybe it's only because it's episode two or week two or whatever. That's really laid back in there. That they aren't, they don't really seem to care about the fact that it's a competition. I think a lot of them are just seeing this as 12 weeks to show off their drag. And sure, if they win 200 grand, they win 200 grand. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I think, you know, that there is, oh God, I mean, like, I think there's a clear delineation between the queens who like realistically have a chance to to maybe win this competition mm. and the queens who are there for other reasons the like guy would say raja evie jada the vivian are kind of more there either to like increase their name recognition to maybe show like i think with raja it's kind of more to show people we saw like a bit in the snatch game episode where she kind of was like you know I wanted people to see what like what my actual drag is after such a long time off the show and show off the time. So I think like within the actual winner circle, I think that like Shay, Monet, Trinity and Jinx to some extent seem to be the ones who are actually like competing to win. I would have agreed with you until I saw the first two episodes and now I I, I feel Raj is really here to do her best at it. Like I think she she's I think she's moved from the bottom tier to the top tier in, in out of the eight of them so far i definitely agree with you with jada and evie and the vivian uh support what we've seen so far yeah yeah um but yeah like I, even when trinity was blocked she seemed to not really care like i don't even think it was a brave face she just was kind of like well, well look sure luck could be fine and i think with that atmosphere I'm wondering, like, would it have been possible for Raven to do Rue's makeup and compete? Because, <laughs> like, she's not going to be sent home. Like, she'll still get to show her drag. You good to see her in Snatch Game. Good to see her do different things. Like, I just think it would have been fun having Raven and Raven having Raven, Raven and, and Raja in the same <laughs> the, the, the same room the together. Like, would have been really fun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it's a bit of a shame that we probably will never see Raven compete again. Um, yeah, but. There we go. Maybe she know. can compete in like Canada versus the world when Rue isn't there. That would be exciting. Though I do think that probably the security blanket of Rue 
would be something that Raven would want because Rue would obviously be protective yeah, of Raven, whereas you know Brooklyn Heights maybe or you know would be a bit mm. like let's let's not give you the the pass. I am enjoying. I would say because you are right. I do think that there is a quite a relaxed atmosphere. Everyone's kind of congenial. I think there's a real appreciation for like everyone's talents and uniqueness in different areas. Um, and I think that it's I. Oh God, I'm after completely forgetting where I was going with that. <laughs> but the point stands. Thank it is you. nice. That's it's all nice I wanted to hear anyway. It's nice that there is. I it's, am right. Yeah, it's nice <laughs> that there is a more relaxed kind of vibe going on. And they're, they're, I think people are kind of just there knowing they're there on their own strengths and kind of like not really too bothered with what other people yeah. are doing, which is very different if you think back to like, say, once we got into the latter stages of All-Star 6, like mm. where people were kind of like really, you know, having at it. Yeah, like their emotions. It kind of just feels like drag summer camp. That like yeah. the strike meets are just here just to show different talents, and they're all going to skip home together. I do. I do wonder how we will because if if we think back to the the sort of the the depths of season fourteen when we hadn't had an elimination for what felt like about seventeen years, like are we going to find this format? Like, what's the longevity of this format? Mm. Are we going to get? frustrated by week six or seven when it's the same queens sort of interacting over the same subjects and it's the same kind of numbers of runways and all that sort of like are we going to feel the 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 lack of an elimination i wonder about that yeah i wonder too especially since it's supposed to be 12 episodes long like that seems excessive for eight queens to to fill the room in that regard but we'll see that that is that is this this is this iteration iterations ultimate test can it keep our interest for 12 episodes yeah absolutely something like i kind of feel the first episode kind of was just an introduction like i kind of feel the rap didn't really do anything like i didn't really mm. feel like it actually held towards the the tally so far because like the most interesting part of the episode i felt was naomi campbell and the critique of the runway and stuff like i thought that was really interesting yeah i like i kind of feel like i would have preferred if they had because I, I think that like you know drag race is back kind of i think it's really flexing its muscles in terms of showing like we're back to where we were in term pre-pandemic times in terms of getting like massive big hitters and like to have Naomi Campbell and Cameron Diaz on the the one episode is is mm. you know that's like wow but it probably would have enjoyed to see you know to, to, to actually see I don't like Naomi Campbell on the actual judging panel and mm. like critiquing the entire thing rather than just there for this kind of walk th- essentially a walkthrough yeah um like, do you remember when Gaga came on, no one went home, the, they just did the, the Gaga look and the yeah. hometown look and Gaga, you just got to hear Gaga critique them. Like, if they did something like that, that would have been great. Yeah, but I completely agree with you. I feel like as if, they, and I think that that's possibly part of the, the logic behind releasing the two episodes, is that there was one episode that was more or less just a reintroduction to the Queens, a kind of like setting up the, the format, letting us all understand kind of how it's going to roll. And then they give us the second episode of Snatch Game. So like, it really is just like, right, the competition started now. This is where the competition is starting. Yeah. I mean, I liked how we repeated the format about three times per episode. So we really know the Queens with the most stars are going to compete. In no. Lip sync smackdown. The- the queen with the most legendary legendary legend says oh i hate that <laughs> i hate legendary legends are already it's only episode two <laughs> it's off it doesn't run off the tongue as well like legendary legend stars no just call really it a start just just call it a start just say star just say it's star just, you know it's where it works for i'm a celeb 
Exactly. That's it. Yeah. Now they aren't earning crocodile anuses for dinner, though. So perhaps no. They don't just get rice and beans. No. Yeah. There's more to a legendary legend star, but it doesn't have to be called a legendary. If Willem is to be believed, they don't get very well fed. So maybe they are just getting rice and beans. (laughs) Well, Willem was wrong about UK season three. So that is true. It is filmed though in 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 Southern California, which has a very uh, sort of you know Latin Mexican kind of influence on the cuisine. Rice and beans quite popular. So look, let's not let's not go mad. I have heard that it is very well catered from what I've heard like when you see the meat the you watch it packing with Michelle and stuff I have heard that it is like the food is great and uh, when I went to see Heels of Hell oh what's her name Jiggly Caliente said that um, on All Star 6 Eureka and Silky used to have three breakfasts so I don't think they were they were um, starved by any means well. <laughs> all the queens said they used to put on weight during, during drag race so I don't think it's that, that poorly fed uh, let's jump to the reading challenge because there was a lot in the first episode there was the introductions there was the gag about the, the mysterious lady there was the reading challenge there was the runway critique from Naomi Campbell there was the writing and the choreography of the verse there was the performance of the verse there was a runway and then there was the final lip sync like, there was a lot it was, yeah, it you was were an hour of- and 20 minutes but it, it, you know they crammed a lot yeah, in there hayishly this is how you feel an hour and 20 yeah, minutes yeah exactly <laughs> um, who was the best for you in the reading challenge I mean you know Jinx <laughs> mm. Jinx is just my like I, I, I have been blown away by her in these two episodes I had I had been over to Manchester to see her um, her show with Major Scales kind of about two or three weeks ago and I really had just remembered what it was about her that I I really loved she has like a naturalness to her performance she has this quick wit and this humor and I just think that like it it you 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 understand why she is like considered to be one of the like the most iconic winners of all time and you see her in this competition and it all seems to come so easy to her mm. I, like I I I was very impressed by Jada as well I un- was not a- anticipating Jada doing quite as well as she had done because I kind of think that she went in there perhaps feeling a bit like the underdog and I think to open up with like a very strong reading challenge was great for her as well I'm trying to remember what her reads were um, I just remember laughing. oh yeah that she was that she was such a real person from the knees from down, the knees down. That, yeah yeah, yeah I that was that. Great, great, great. And I think with, with Jinx the one to, to Monet about sort of um, the one that says she can't sing who did the joke about how people compare her to, to, to Monet to Bob that was also the, Jinx yeah, yeah that, it's not fair because Bob is so talented that, yeah. yeah that one for me like that was one where like a number of times throughout both of these episodes I have found myself literally gasping laughing and which is not something that I have experienced with Drag Race in a while. And it has always been Jinx that has, has done that to me. <laughs> Do you know what joke I recently remembered from All-Stars 5 was when Juju B was talking about Ross Matthews' book and that he had a foreword from Gwyneth Paltrow. And she's like, isn't it crazy how a woman who can convince millions of women to stick eggs up their pussy can't convince people to buy her book? <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. So there was nothing as good as that in this reading challenge. But uh yeah, it was it was strong though. Like I I, I find myself really rooting for Viv and I kinda of keep wanting her to be like, come on, you can do it. And I think she did well in this. Can um, can we have a moment and take the, just encapsulate the two episodes for Vivian is that I feel like she is anxious. Yeah. I feel like that we're we're seeing a, a more anxious version of her than we ever got in UK. She walked through UK with the confidence of a person who just was like, 
I'm definitely above all of these queens and I can do whatever I want and I'm still going to win. In the reading challenge, I felt like that she wasn't necessarily as like as free and I think she was overthinking things and felt like she was in her own head a bit. I, I just, yeah, I, I feel like, you know what, she needs to unleash a little yes. bit. And she has on the runways. Her runways have been phenomenal. Yeah, they've but, been up to standard. But like you just, you you kind of want her to, to like sort of slap her across the face and be like, no, you need to, to get some of that season one energy just imagine that davina de campo was standing over in that corner in a, pink, in a red wig and a silver, silver dress. dress ready to come in and dethrone you and and just bring that energy um yeah did you watch untucked as well like she has a very tender moment in untucked as well about being really frightened do you, about do you know what's, and what's terrible as a drag race podcaster it only occurred to me moments before we were going to come on oh Probably the reason there isn't an Untucked in the episode is that there is an actual Untucked watch. So I haven't, but I will be prepared from next week with my Untucked watched. I have to say, it's like episode two in it and they're struggling already to just like make it interesting. Like by episode two, they were playing Kiki Kai Kai Mary amongst the queens. So I was like, oh God. All right. Okay. Maybe I won't then. Yeah. But I just, like, I kind of think. But you do. You're not, you're not, you're only getting half the story if you don't watch it. So. Well, you know, maybe you don't need the other half of the story. (laughs) My boyfriend was actually asking recently, do you still get half the story with Untucked? And I was like, no, to be honest, you only get about 15% of the story. And he's like, God, that's bad. Sometimes it's okay to judge that book by the cover. And I judge the seasons (laughs) Untucked to be just like friendly queens having nice chats that I don't need to see. And maybe some obnoxious shoving in a videos to make people cry. Well, in terms of this, in terms of episode one, the one we're talking about, Cameron Diaz goes in. She's great. She's like really interesting and she loves the show and she has a big conversation about them. And they're so excited with her and they're so like, it's so lovely to hear people like you actually get our art and stuff. And that was a really nice exchange. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd recommend watching The Untucked for episode one. Faux show. Yes, Cameron D and Destiny. Yeah. That's my, my, my camera. The, the always Cameron Diaz uh, reference. The only one I need. The only one you need. Uh, so let's get in to the sort of workroom chatter. We have the Monet and Trinity Alliance. Um, do you think that's going to come into play in a big I feel way? Like it, I feel like it will. And I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, gonna, I'm gonna throw the door open on the on the conversation topic that I think may run throughout the at least through these two episodes. Um, I came into this, obviously, the person that I was least excited for was Trinity because she has had so much bad press and she has really kind of not done herself any favours with the way she's been behaving online and there's all of the she-devil-by-night drama and all of that kind of stuff. And so I was really a bit like, oh, I don't know. And she has just completely won me over. And Monet Exchange, on the other hand, was one of the queens that I was super excited for coming into the competition. But I'm finding her focus on... Like, I'm finding her focus on the competition to be off-putting and annoying. Like you know kind of this like i i just am like everyone else is there to just like show their own like everyone there is confident enough in what they're bringing themselves that they don't need to be having like alliances or kind of like trying to influence people strategically to give a badge one way or another so like Mm -hmm. i don't know i i'm finding i hope that that sort of dissolves and we don't see as much of that but i am finding it frustrating yeah I think it's fair. I don't really find it frustrating, especially since I think I've I, I watched her be the host of the pit stop for season fourteen. She kind of repeatedly owned the fact that she's really strategic and she likes playing the game. And even like I feel in the trailer of the season, she said she's going to be strategic. So I feel this is something we need to buckle up yeah. for. I, I feel I, there's I, going to be the petty bitch from Brooklyn 
attitude for the whole. Yeah, season. because I mean, you 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 always forget that iconic that iconic Manila elimination was happening either way, and she was going to mm. eliminate Manila, and her reasons for eliminating Manila were obviously Manila was front runner, but also it was petty because Manila had selected her lipstick to eliminate her rather than her friend uh, Latrice. Latrice, and you know, there's the pettiness involved in that I just I find a bit unnecessary especially in a competition which does seem to be really setting itself up to just celebrate the talent of mm. the queens and like allowing everyone shine and have it be kind of that whoever manages to shine every week can continue doing the best I don't know I I, I just there was a conversation between Jinx and, and Monet in the second episode that like I just was like, a bit like the fact that she was so like trying to worm tongue in Jinx's ear about yeah kind of like who and then was sort of like the second jinx is like oh yeah well it'll be one of you two with the, the badges and then she was like oh how do i get away from this i just was mm. like nope not enjoying this money <laughs> actually i guess we didn't really get the chat in detail at the naomi campbell bit i thought it was so sweet like i actually cried seeing shay cry at the at the perfect no notes from naomi uh, yeah absolutely that was stunning and the way she was going op- she was opening up to go into like mega monologue moment and then she just caught mm. herself and was like no i just need you to know you're important to me yeah <laughs> i was like i really like that because i understand yeah. that impulse to just like and here is my thesis but then you catch yourself and you're like no i don't you don't need that but just thank you and I love Jinx giving like the least model-esque walk ever, like a purposefully, you know, clunky camp walk <laughs> on purpose, just to like, almost like self-sabotage in a way. It's like, I know she's not going to like my walk, so I'm going to do the worst possible walk forever. Yeah. but And I mean, though, you know, very Jinx. Jinx is not a runway model. No. I did I did feel a bit like, how's this going to go down between Tyra, or, between Raja and <clears throat> Naomi? Because obviously... Raja is not friends with with Tyra. Yeah, I wonder has Raja spoken to Tyra in the last ten years? Like I doubt it. Yeah, it is. Like I'd say, I do wonder why we've never had a Tyra. We've never had Tyra on on Drag Race. It's because the show is so close to a rip off of America's Next Top Model that she wouldn't want to do it. I don't think so. But also, it's not a rip off of America's Next Top Model. Like I know that that was kind of part of the the conversation at the start. I guess at the start. But like the reality is, like it's it's like a completely like it's a elimination based reality TV show TV show comp. So it's as similar to Drag Race. It's as similar to Top Model as it is to like Project Runway or Mm. you know even you know the food one Top Chef. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, Yeah, it is surprising, but obviously, I'm sure they've asked her. She just said no. To be fair. and also, it's taking twenty seasons for Naomi Campbell to come on. So, like, true, you know, true, obviously true. busy, busy ladies. Uh, it was good to see Vivian got such good critiques from her as well, and Raja did too. And then, like, even stuff like it was just fun to hear Monet like, "Don't do that thing with your heel," and you know, Trinity holds too much weight in her shoulders and stuff like these little things like that. That obviously I don't have a fucking clue about, but it's really interesting to hear an expert call out. Yeah, exactly. No, and I, I was also like, I mean, you get the impression because obviously we know of of her as this sort of mythical creature almost and sort of mm. she has this sort of iconic status and to see her be able to break down a walk and like understand her art so well is, is really interesting. Because as you said, it's not something that we would understand, but to see her give critique that seems really... And when she said the thing about the heel, I was kind of like, oh yeah, that is kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard the, uh, the Queen's talk in the Entertainment Weekly like promo thing that they did 
about how like Naomi Campbell generates her own wind from walking. So I was re-watching that when she was walking down. I was like, wow, she is she is amazing. Um the next thing in the workroom then is Jada. This is my second cry moment of the episode was Jada was crying um by feeling sort of uh like not worthy because she won during the pandemic and it's like something I hadn't even considered like I kind of was like you got your 100 grand you've won you're excellent yeah. I, I didn't I, I didn't actually realize the extent of how how that impacted her yeah but I think like it was it, I suppose there was the it, it's interesting because I was wondering at that stage where they're going to address the like mega season 12 elephant in the room of like having the whole thing kind of overshadowed by the whole Sherry mm. Pie situation. And I do hope that they have a conversation about that because obviously, you know, that whole season's storytelling narrative got thrown up in the air because Sherry had to be edited out. And there was supposedly an entirely different version where you have the villain Gigi Good versus Sherry as the, mm. the main sort of characters. And then I suppose Jada emerged as a fan favorite and emerged as, as someone throughout the retelling of the story and yeah. who became and then there were so many people who wanted Gigi to win that I think that she felt like she didn't get her crowning year she didn't get her kind of proper like in-person crowning ceremony and also so many people were kind of like saying oh you shouldn't have won are you only won because of a rework of the edit so I, I'd understand why you carry all that sort of with it. and I'd say this season is going to be very important to her just to be able to kind of like assert yourself as the like the rightful winner of that season yeah i think um her win reminds you a lot of trixie's win of all stars three which was like well yeah. the cramp should have won but she eliminated herself and then shanja should have won but then she was kicked out by the other queen yeah so therefore you're like the best third place like jada in that season sherry pie should have won and then she obviously was cancelled and then Gigi should have won but i think the fans did like jada more than Gigi. but then when jada won because George Floyd had just been murdered. Everyone had said it was basically just like a diversity quite higher yeah. win. So it was just like undermined at every step and then she couldn't even like make coin. No, exactly. Like she she had to do all of this like from her bedroom in Milwaukee and was trying just to kind of fighting against the fact that people were like undermining her win from several different angles. And it's mm. not surprising. And the thing is like she like for me is is probably her and Jinx for me are the like the series narrators that I'm really look that I, I'm really enjoying. Like I think that she is coming through really strong. Her personality, and I think it's like we didn't maybe necessarily get so much of her personality at the beginning stages of season twelve because of whatever way things are working. So we don't necessarily yeah. didn't necessarily get to know her as much as we did some of the other winners. So having seeing her being really funny and being really witty and being really clever in the talking heads is kind of like oh this isn't really how I remember you. Yeah. Agreed, yeah. Like, I love even the opening line, you want an all-star? Look over here. Like, I think that's really clever. And while yeah. I was doing, I do the, the portrait of a spotlight for Jada. And I was remembering, I rewatched that episode of Choices 2020. And it's so good. I recommend people to go back and watch it. It's so good. And she's yeah. so brilliant in it. And I just think her comedy chops were sort of overlooked, I think, in that season. Yeah. Let's get in to the actual Maxi Challenge, <laughs> which really feels like a by the way in this episode. Yeah. Like after all this stuff, you're kind of like, oh God, right. We have to actually evaluate these queens on something. Um, they had to do a verse to RuPaul's Legends. I have to say, I thought there was something odd in the mix that like yes. a lot of them didn't really, like the vocals weren't that high. Yeah, it was very much the the sort of, all-stars five ending thing where like you couldn't really mm. hear clap like, back 
yeah i kind of had to listen back over it once or twice to hear a lot of the lyrics mm. um and yeah and I, I felt like there was something weird happening in the, the 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 video as well it was kind of like going slightly faster or something i i i was it, it very much felt like a throwaway and it was just kind of like here introduce yourselves in a song and then we're going to get into the real competition next week it was fun in parts i really enjoyed raja's verse i really enjoyed jinx's uh, <laughs> I, I i did think that um i, I did think that both money and and uh and and shay deserved the win but yeah everyone like even like trinity i would say was arguably the worst in mm. terms of her like obviously she'd forgotten her lyrics and then her her her, her kind of her her voice is not great like on every one of these songs she's ever had to sing on she's always been the kind of roxy andrews um but even that was still quite good and like it was compelling with her kind of like up in the you know like being carried across the stage by those men so yeah, yeah. like it was it was good but it also was just a bit kind of like yeah, okay that's over i won't yeah. be listening to it again no uh, i like that viv got to showcase her vocals oh yeah. she um... looked unbelievable that colored yeah. hair on her mm. oh my god excellent i loved jada like i think my two favorites were jinx and jada in this in, in this challenge yeah i i thought that like and again like we were saying about the comedy with jada like i think she really brought the comedy I- I- into her performance with like doing that little ju- like gag at the end about like not being able mm. to sing like it's just it's clever choices like that that make you see that actually she's a really clever queen she's not just yeah. A pageant queen and um, she has that same kind of thing that trinity has of being able to bring comedy as well i've watched the performance a few times now just because i knew we were going to be critiquing it and there's two episodes to sort of familiarize myself with before we were talking i really don't think i enjoyed monet's in a large stake like yeah it was good she did a good performance and it's a classic one of these verses a bit of braggadocia I didn't see it as, as a winning out of this stacked cast. Not for me. I mostly liked the kind of the car, the way the cario mixed in with the the, the lyrics. Like I liked okay. the, like a little boxing kind of thing and the way she was done that she had this kind of like vaguely Grecian kind of performance. Like, yeah, gladiator. Gladiator style. thing. Like I, yeah. I, I thought it was clever the way she, she linked all that in um together. Uh but yeah, like I would have been like I was happy that Raja got excellent feedback. I, I would have equally seen Jinx in the in the top with Shay because I did think Shay's was like much better, but I also found the mix the, like the the actual I found Shay's the hardest. It was to so hear quiet, them. Shay's wasn't it? It was I like don't that. That you know the the when Latrice is taking the piss out of me, and I was like, if you went over here, go yeah yeah, oh, yeah yeah yeah. Like it was very sort of like you had to strain to hear, it, but when you did yeah. hear, it was like oh, that is actually really good. Like prior to me feels the judges were just like, well, who's the best dancer? Oh yeah, shame, nay, nay. Let's just give them, let's give yeah. them the win. Yeah. I kind of just felt like that's what they did, and I'm not mad at it because it was a bit of an odd challenge. I, d- um, I d- on the subject of odd, I also did enjoy. I, I'm I'm enjoying Evie oddly in a way I hadn't anticipated. I mm-hmm. think that or I liked her coining the phrase queerdos, which probably already existed, but yeah, you know, um, it's good. The wig was awful though. The, the wig, wig was, was terrible. Awful. It was really, really terrible. Um, it was truly. Um, yeah, and it's interesting. We're obviously getting for the whole season and all good. There's no bad edits. Yeah, you know? I'm happy with that. I'm happy with it too. And it's interesting to see what the show looks like with that. And you're kind of like, why did we get this all the time? Like, I know they have to tell us why someone's going home. But like, if they'd given us the exact same critiques and then told us that Trinity and Evie, Vivian, Vivian were in the yeah. bottom two, like, I'd be like, yeah, fair. 
You know, I can make the decision for myself. I don't yeah. need to be ha- ha- spoon fed. No, exactly. You don't, and you don't need. Like, and sometimes you end up getting like unnecessarily negative critique just because, like, even it, it, we were we were talking about. Um, uh, hat tip head over to the workroom to hear us talk about Drag Race Hispania but last week we were talking about how negative critique was given to one of the queens Sharon even though her performance had been perfect but they just uh, felt the need to have negative critique there for the sake of it and it's like well this shows you don't need to do that like especially yeah. if, if if what you're seeing is really good you don't need to just like you know like sort of like fight around at the bottom of the barrel to try and pick something negative to say it. And like, yeah. I, it, it, it made for quite an empowering sort of episode to watch and so like a really mm. positive experience. And do you think that the judges have changed their criticism towards the queens? Or do you think that it's still uh, something good, something bad from all the judges? They're just only showing the good. No, I think that the brief is that they only they only give positive critique. I'm assuming that's it. Because I say that when you watched you watched Untucked, so was there any even like notional conversation around bottoms or tops? There was conversations about tops who they thought was going to be in the top, but, but there was no bottom. conversation. So then, like, I think obviously, but that's because there is no bottom. I think like a lot of them were like, "Oh, I know, I'm not lip syncing. I know, I'm not lip syncing." you know I, yeah. I'm because yeah. in, in the first one they're all like the, the queens who changed are the ones who think they have a chance of being in the lip sync was kind of what yeah. they were saying um, and a lot of them were like well I know I'm not lip syncing but they weren't discussing who's in the bottom just because there is no bottom to be in I guess yeah yeah um, I, I, and it's I funny was... in, in, in on talk side just to give you a question Jinx is kind of seen as the third queen who could have been up the top yeah. so I see her as in the is in the top three and like yeah. in Snatch Game Raj is seen in the top three by the other queens yeah and I think that's a fair like that's a fair assessment of it you can you can tell who gets the the really positive critique and who feels like as if they're being placed in that that third spot but they just aren't focusing at all like and even when they did give some negative critique in the next in the Snatch Game episode it was very light touch and it was all very supportive yeah. and uplifting yeah yeah so you're probably right let's go out to the runway category was i'm crowning raja was out first with louis the 14th uh, i mean amazing luck this is really highly praised in untucked and how the a lot of the queens i know shay for example and i think jade as well the first season that they saw was season yeah. three and that moment from raja was really important to them so for them to actually witness this evolution of that marie antoinette to louis the 14th look for them was really important and i totally agree i thought it was you know as, as carson said world class it was absolutely world class and i did i loved the connection back to the look that was done in the first season like i thought that in a first season like it was it was just a beautiful transition and it really showed like the growth and the maturity. It was just so stunning as well. Like you can mm. tell how expensive <laughs> that will have been <laughs> to yeah. make. She looked beautiful. And I think that like what we're seeing with her is that she is going to be able to bring not just these amazing iconic runways, but she also is going to be able to be there as like an actual competitor in terms of her personality, comedy, performance. So mm. like she's someone who I suppose I had kind of... We, we talked about it earlier I had sort of ranked her as like one of the kind of also rans but now it, you are a bit like shaken I'm like oh okay yeah like I love the presentation of it like the, it was kind of almost spectral like this sort of ghostly figure like it was real stone faced there was no smile it was just sort of walked with this sort of ghostly authority which I thought was a really interesting choice yeah no absolutely 
Um, Jinx was up next. I mean, what a glow up for Jinx. This was fantastic. Elizabeth the second with Mar- Virgin Mary with a bit of Ange- Angelina Jolie with that leg, bringing the element of camp, like, perfect. I loved it. I thought she looked amazing. I couldn't decide where I landed on the leg. I, do- I, didn't. I liked it. I thought it was fun, but I also was a bit like, I, like, I felt like it didn't stand out enough because like the the bustle or the like the dress was so full that you re- she really had to like manipulate the fabric in order for us to see the leg and I was a bit like is this worth the payoff I don't know but I did love it she looked so so stunning and also like like all of the looks she's bringing are like quintessentially jinx but elevated to a level that I suppose you would yeah. expect yeah. someone who's been operating at the highest levels of drag for the last ten years to be to be bringing and I don't know whether I'm. I'm obviously approaching it in the wrong way, but I kind of feel you kind of need to be bringing eleganza every week. And I kind of get disappointed by, say, Monet and her trans tracksuit look. Because it kind of just felt, that's a bit regular season. Oh, no. I really loved that. Because I think it was like so like, I, I don't know, I suppose first of all, it was a very, very specific reference to a, a particular community and like elevating like kind of like what it is to like the the royalty within that community like how it is that they present themselves but then bringing in elements of kind of like historical regal glamour with the like the bustles on the side and the the crown into the weave i thought it was such a clever way of interpreting things because it was like bringing i suppose what is like i suppose her like new york street culture and then adding in this level of I, I really thought it was clever. I loved it. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, I appreciated the hair and what she was doing with the hair. I thought that was like a fun nod to, you know, the, the black culture of like the 90s and that hair. Like we saw a lot from Simone, for example. Yeah. Um, But the, I don't know, for like a regal, I know what you said, I'm, grand, I'm crowning, but I'm expecting an element of regality. And I just thought the tracksuit wasn't regal enough for me. Am so, I a classist bitch, maybe? Yeah. So she needed a train on the tracksuit. That's what she needed. Yeah, do you know what? That would have been brilliant. If there was a train, if that Puma jacket had a train, I'd be, I'd be sold. Like the do-rag with a train, if the Puma jacket had a train. I'd yeah, absolutely. I mean, on the subject of trains, though, next up was uh, Trinity to Tuck, which had every ounce of regality. I know. And I mean, <laughs> it, I guess, it, you know, it's been sandwiched between Raja and Jinx and Trinity, who really brought the regality brief, and then you just kind of have a tracksuit, like it, it did kind of stand out. And Evie also stood out to me as well, I think, too. But uh, I loved this from Trinity. This, like, purple crushed velvet, just amazing. Oh, completely. Like this, the, you, you could see this uh, as some sort of a. a regal queen in a marvel movie of some sort like it is <clears throat> like spectacular level of of construction just gorgeous she like her looks have always been amazing and this is just her bringing it to like the absolute nth degree is it rihanna who was in the met gala with that really long yes, yellow yeah, train yes. and people yeah, yeah, were like yeah. photoshopping pizzas onto it and stuff like that that's kind of what it, what it gave to me <laughs> and it was interesting because like you only see rihanna standing still with that train you and like you know how many people she has with her trying to make it look perfect so it was interesting to see trinity like struggle edge her way down that yeah. runway with like a see, smile plastered on her face that's where a pair of heelys would have come in in well <laughs> look, i don't know I coming in well over. that's that's not coming that's in not, well coming in well <laughs> well andy <laughs> 
Uh, now, Evie gave us the crayon, crown, punk, club kids sort of look. Like, again, because I wanted the regal, I felt it was a bit underwhelming. I'm going but- to say this. I agree with you that I don't, I think it was a bit underwhelming. Like, I think of the looks on the runway, it probably wasn't my favourite. I think it was the most basic. I think that it kind of is, like, a really fun idea. I love the idea of the melted crayon, but, like, give us that, like, throughout the entire thing. Like, construct mm. a, you know, a gown out of that. And I like the idea of kind of, like, you know, she she's bringing these really odd concepts, and that's fun, but it, it needs to be at, like, like, that's something. There is looks she gave on her original season that are less that are more impressive than this you know what i mean and i kind of feel like the bar needs to be that everything you put out on the stage and all winners needs to be better than anything you did on your original season yeah in principle like i think it's very fair i think there's room for some leeway but i think in terms of this again like she's definitely given more eleganza than this even like the velvet look she gave for the three boobs and the eye in her head like even that was better than this this didn't really like yeah it had a crown but if they, like if you think about kind of like you know the 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 link between like I suppose in the brief and this is like the last time we saw these queens walk the main stage runway was their crowning moment and if you think back to that mirrored face look that she did for when she won mm. her thing it's like wow that was like regal it was exceptional it had this absolutely like phenomenal point of view and then this was just very much kind of like it felt like it had it had something in the concept but it maybe didn't necessarily kind of go all the way there yeah i guess the reason i say is because i don't know if shay's gonna be able to top that red tool look she wore in all stars five when she's doing the comedy challenge like i think that's the best she's ever looked but she never wore but, that in the runway so it's fine okay pass on it. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe it's different comparing this to an original season to an all stars i guess because yeah. it's hard to beat an all stars um vivian was up next with the westwood iris van harpen burlap sort of I thought it got looked like a chandelier almost to a certain degree. Like she looked great. She did. I loved it. I, I I mean, there was like lots of like comments about how it looked kind of like wood nymphy and and how it mm. looked sort of like it was yeah kind of very natural and sort of like someone some sort of like a fairy tale creature. And, and I thought she looked beautiful. Like her face, her makeup is absolutely gorgeous. I know she seems to have gotten a lot of work done to make her face like take the makeup that well. And yeah, you know, I I think that she is doing an amazing job at the looks, and I loved this a lot. Yeah, like she, uh, Evie stands out as as a sort of outlier in terms of the eleganza, not the Vivian. And I think that means she's doing her job right. Yeah, absolutely. Jada gave us a purple and yellow uh, dress with this sort of white updo dreaded crown with a little, or like hairdo with a crown on top of it. Again, very good. Like hit the brief for me. Yeah, it was fine. It was a bit meh. Like, I mean, it wasn't one of my favorites, but it was very good. I preferred it to Vivian. Mm, no not for me not for me okay no i did i did really like it i think purple looks amazing on her yeah yellow great combination yeah i was i was happy with it and then shay gave us like full-on african heritage boots the house down with the nefertiti braided hair the jade sort of gorges in the ear the real sort of floral capy print uh, just a real Nubian goddess, which I thought was amazing. Yeah, and I suppose that, like, you know, the 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 pull quote from her original season that's been used a couple of times to write this is her talking about how her drag is a love letter to to black women, and I suppose like mm. she leans really heavily into that, and I think it, like taking her glamour from kind of that past is you know it's beautiful. This looked phenomenal. It was a, a great reintroduction to what she's going to bring to this competition. I yeah, stunning. 
the yeah, wig really was so me. gorgeous as well. Like I know we've we've seen elements of this like brought in in other people's looks as well, but like I just thought it was just so so stunning. Mm, yeah, it's real elevation of that second look she did in All Stars Five, which had like the golden rings and like yeah. the fro. Um, it's very Black is King by Beyonce. I think when you know Beyonce sort of travels the different tribes of Africa and takes the different important cultural symbols to them and and brings them to fashion like I felt this is really doing the same thing and I wish I knew more about the cultures in Africa that I could be able to identify the different tribes that these jade gorges and Nefertiti hairs belong to but I just don't so that's my my flaw with me um Shay and Monet are the top two and have to lip sync to Ella Fitzgerald's Old MacDonald which I think was actually a master stroke uh, of a choice of a lip sync I absolutely loved it. I I just was like, it was so completely bonkers and bananas and out of the box. And it was sort of like, you know, as was Drag Race has, because once it's, as it's become so like uber mainstream, obviously it pulls from our kind of like modern day pop girlies and it kind of gives us like the what's current. And mm. I love when it reaches back into the back catalogue and Rue pulls out something completely mental and... You know, this had that same kind of feeling as like, like the Neutron Dance or one of those ones where it's like not something I necessarily had heard before. Not so sure that this will make it onto my Spotify playlist, but you know, definitely like an amazing lip sync and it really gave the queens like a, a, a free reign to do something completely unhinged in their performance. Well, and I so liked it as a built into it as well. Yeah, I liked it as a challenge, as in it actually wasn't a song that you have to be a good dancer for it. You just have to have character and comedy for it. Yeah. That's a totally different thing that's being asked of you. Like maybe I'm thinking of that final lip sync that Jinx does against Detox in, in season five. That's yeah. a real sort of samba song. It's like, this isn't a song that a dancer dances to. This is a song that a comedian dances to. If Jinx yeah. had got this, God only knows what would have happened. Yeah. So like, I loved that it was a totally different skill that they needed to bring this to life yeah absolutely and they, they both uh, did a really really strong job in it yeah i think so too. it was tough to call like i figured shay was going to win based on the camera time but like either of them could have taken it yeah, to be fair yeah so shay wins and she gets 10 grand and she gets to pass the platinum plunger that plunger ain't platinum and you guys have enough budget to play for a real one we don't need some plunger covered in fucking rhinestones give us a but real honestly, platinum is plunger. that the best that they could do a plunger I mean, it is the very embodiment of toilet humour. It is. But I'm just like, I guess a blocked toilet. But like, a plunger unblocks the toilet rather than blocking... I just was like, guys, you should have spent another day workshopping the prop for the blocking. I don't mind. I like it. What I don't like is that we're going to be treated to this like, sort of like walk up and down. Everyone have to do their like, kind of like witty remark kind of thing every week. I'm not going to enjoy that. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how well they do. Um, but so she gives it to Trinity, and then the episode just kind of ends. Like it kind of like we're so used to ending it with an elimination or a double shanté that it's just sort of like, all right, well, yeah, you can't love yourself. And I feel like as if because like Trinity gives great reactions, and so because she kind of gave like an uh, "How dare you?" kind of like yeah. like you got like a bit of it. Whereas if another queen had gotten this, who'd just have been like. Oh, yeah, there you go. I suppose. Sure, that's, that's <laughs> it. That's how the cookie crumbles. It would have yeah. just really ended on a flat. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, and I think it kind of does an episode too, but I guess we get there. Um, See, so yeah, it ends sort of strange. And even in Untucked, they like spend some time. In Untucked, the queen who gets blocked comes into the workroom a bit later than everybody else because she has to do this like monologue about being blocked. And it's just like, 
They've nothing to say. Like, so far, Trinity and Shay have just been like, oh, I take it as a compliment. You know, people think I'm a threat. That's it. There's nothing else to say. So, I don't know. I think that that bit of the format needs to be finessed. I would agree. And I think that they will, much like the Lip Sync Assassin in All-Stars, they will finesse it and figure out a way of making it, it feel more... Better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right, well, this is a double-parter episode. Um, so we're going to end this episode here and we'll join you in the next episode for episode two in case you haven't watched it yet. So we'll see you then. Bye. This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.